Hi, hi, imposters. Welcome back to another episode of the You're Not Qualified podcast. My name is Courtney Heater. I am your host, your only host. I'm so sorry, but I think that you're all getting used to that by now. And today we are joined by Dr. Zakia Accarelli. She is a professor. She has a PhD and has written a book about success out of college. And even in those positions when you are doing something that you didn't go to college for, which is uh, like my favorite thing to talk about. So she is the perfect person to have on this podcast. And I was so excited for this interview and I'm very excited for you to hear all of the amazing juicy stuff that she has to share in terms of soft skills that are really helpful to transition what it looks like, what it might feel like, and any guilt around it, what is expected of you growing up and how that's changed. And yet again, maybe I just need to be nicer to my little sister and all of the other Gen Zers, but how they've benefited us. Second time I've said that in a week, because just didn't expect it. Also, speaking of second time in a week, this Tuesday, this former Tuesday, so two days ago, a episode came out that was a mini-sode of the You're Not Qualified podcast, and myself and a guest, Steph Chin, read a listener story that was submitted about experience in the cannabis industry and growing your career in a field that some may still feel is taboo because of the subject matter that has a lengthy reputation. I also want to say up top, at the end of Tuesday's episode, we mentioned Demi Lovato, and I realized that I used the wrong pronouns for Demi. I said she, her, and Demi's pronouns are they and she. Looked up because I wasn't sure if it was still they, them that they were using. They and she are the pronouns for Demi Lovato. So apologies for any confusion. We'll be much more mindful of pronouns and the preferred pronouns of those mentioned moving forward. Today, we are chatting all about switching your career, chatting all about the skills that you can learn outside of school to get into a career that you want to get into and pivot into and that sometimes school is not the only way. Something is different. Good or bad? Anything different is good. One thing I really love about the conversation with Dr. Sakia is she has a PhD. So it's literally from somebody who did that route and realizes that it's not for everybody. It honestly is not for everybody and there's so many career paths that do not need that four-year degree, that master's degree, that PhD, and we're here to tell you all about it, especially her. I'm so excited to get into it. Also, if you want to be featured on one of those Tuesday episodes that I have, the next one's coming out the last Tuesday of September, please send me your stories about imposter syndrome, It's so amazing to read your experiences, your personal experiences in career, in your family, in your life in general with imposter syndrome. It's how it's shaped your experience and how you've overcome that. And any concepts that you're thinking of, any videos that you found that really helped you, any questions that you have, send them on over. And I'm really excited to get them and read them on that episode. Without further ado, I am going to hand it over to Dr. Sakia. Let's go. I'm not going to live by their rules anymore. Okay, so we are welcoming Dr. Zakia, and we are taking a little bit of a different approach for this episode like we do sometimes where she is very qualified because <laughs> she is holding the PhD doctorate title and she also 
wrote a book. She wrote a book on basically not being qualified and repurposing your education into something that isn't something that you went to school for. So we're going to get into all of that, but a big welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Zakia. Thank you for having me. I like to start with getting into why you're not qualified from the start, but just as I said, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach here, but I'm really curious, have you or do you feel unqualified for teaching? Did you feel unqualified to write a book? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, my background is in the humanities, so I have degrees in philosophy, religion, international education, nothing related to what I wrote my book on per se. I do have that higher education experience, but I'm talking about higher education from a different perspective, not teaching in the subject areas in which I am degreed. So in some ways it's a different role for me to take on. I totally pivoted my career from being a, a professor in the humanities and people taking my courses for electives and to learn about cultures and world religions. And then like I'm writing a book about higher education and budgeting and all those types of things, which I don't necessarily have a direct background in, though I have the experience in. So that brings us perfectly into another very curious question for you. So your book is called Dump Your Degree, How to Repurpose Your Education, Control Your Career, and Gain Financial Freedom, which seems like probably the best self-help book title I've ever heard. <laughs> it's all in one. You know exactly. This. Oh, I need this. Okay, here it is. Uh, all in one in shot here. What was your motivation for writing this book then? I finished my doctorate in 2010, which was on the tail end of a recession coming right out of that. I had always worked throughout my higher education experience, even throughout since high school. I've always had, whether it was a part-time summer job, after-school job, I've never had challenges in finding work, even through my graduate studies. So when I graduated with my last degree and I could not find work, I was shocked. <laughs> I didn't mm. know what to do. My my degrees were not necessarily in areas that were high demand. They're considered soft degrees and not really knowing because I, when you get the education, typically you're not taught how to enter the job market. You're taught the subject area in which you're interested in. This being the time where I'm looking for my dream job, my, my ultimate job, which was to me to be a professor. It was hard for me to figure out how to navigate that. Plus there was a lot of competition in my field and just in higher education in general. I struggled for quite a while. I ended up having to go back home to my mom's and try to figure out life. I was living in New York for all of my graduate studies and then having to go back to the South and like to a slower place of life where there really weren't as many jobs in my field. I was so challenged. So I figured out a way to reshape the way I was thinking about how to approach the job market. And I said to myself, okay, if I get myself out of this and I work it out, I can't wait to be able to show other people that. So I ended up working in fields that were not related to my degree. So I focused more so on my skills, the assets, the value that I could bring to certain roles. I did not lead with the idea that it is the degree that necessarily qualifies me for the work. And I was able to expand my vision for what opportunities would look like instead of just only focusing on my field, directly what I studied. I was able to get work in areas that I didn't even think that think of first. And then after working for a couple of years in different, trying out a few different things, I did end up getting my dream job as a professor because I, I wanted to teach for so long. But then when I got my dream job, it was like, okay, I can rest, but not really because then my students were experiencing joblessness or yeah. being underemployed once they graduated. And I was like, oh goodness, what is going on? So I figured, okay, I helped them out, even though I'm their humanities professor, their religions, religious studies professor, I would focus on entrepreneurship with them outside of the classroom, creating their own businesses, opportunities, or how to look at seeking employment in different ways. So with that, I would do workshops or just mentorships here and there. I decided, okay, I need to just go on ahead and just write a self-help book that's relatable, that is more so targeted towards current college students and recent graduates, early career professionals. Gotcha. In the recession area, I was pretty young then. Mm -hmm. I remember my parents going through it, but 
do you see any type of pattern now as you did then because of the pandemic for people searching for jobs and not finding it in their career? I feel bad for the kids that are graduating now, especially. To be honest, I don't see much of a difference in the sense that this issue with unemployment and underemployment for college grads has been going on for so long. Mm -hmm. But I think because people have created the narrative that it is the degree that gives you the success. You must go to college. You must get a degree. That's the ultimate way to success. I'm the person that likes to look at solutions, look for solutions. The My book is actually dedicated to the reader. And it says, I'm wishing that whoever reads the book, that their, their obstacles become opportunities. And to answer your question, yes, it's it's an issue, but it's been an issue for so long. I think that people have ignored it <laughs> for far too long or not really provided many solutions for it. It's just, oh, if you go back, if you just type in any year since maybe I'll just say since 2000, graduate, recent college graduates, unemployment or underemployment, you'll see consistently, I would at least say since 2010, 12, 15, even 19, like recently they'll say, oh, the unemployment rate is this or the underemployment rate is that. But what I will say as far as a solution or the positive with those who are in the situation now is we're in a time where um, you have access to so much more than I did. I'm a millennial. I'm uh, on the opening end of the millennial group. So I'm a little bit older than what people think a millennial is, but we had it in a different way where we were able to have opportunities maybe our parents didn't have or to create resources or opportunities the way our parents didn't. Gen Z, like the current students or the early professionals now, with the creation of, or the way that social media has evolved, the way people can create content and literally earn a living off of that, something that I didn't have the opportunity to do when I was younger. So there are ways that, yeah, maybe... The companies are not hiring the way you would hope they would, but there are so many ways for you to create your own opportunities now that you can pretty much go at it on your own and still find success, unlike other people, generations past, who were taught the only way to do that was to go get a degree, get a job, and hope somebody hires you with benefits mm. and a good salary. <laughs> Absolutely. And like the nuclear family, dad's going off to work every day, right. and yeah, it's <laughs> long behind us. and. Yeah. In the last episode that I did, the guest and I were talking about Gen Z and mm -hmm. how just insanely creative they are and also mm -hmm. how amazing it is that they don't let those typical blockades actually mm -hmm. block them, mm -hmm. find a way to, honestly, if I had at 21 years old, if somebody had told me like in the future, people would be making money actually just putting content on social media. I wouldn't mm -hmm. believe you. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely it amazing. And obviously people need to go read your book, but you did mm -hmm. mention that there's transferable skills that people have, which is something I love to talk about. There's also mentorships you can get. You can take classes at places that'll like teach you a trade. You can go mm -hmm. learn data science or something in a 10 week course. Is that kind of the gist of what you teach people like a package deal like that? No, yes and no. So there are so many opportunities. It just depends on your passion or what you're good at things that you're open to doing. Everybody is different, but that is one of the things that I enlighten people about that everything is not attached to a degree. As a matter of fact, there are many people who get trade certificates that don't go to college, but take tech courses or certifications, and they're making more money than those with degrees. Or if you have people who go and just get an A an associate's degree, AAAS or what have you, because those are more, they might be getting one that is directly preparing them for a vocation. And then they end up getting hired quicker. They pay less for the education and then they're getting a job. But what we've done is we've diminished the value of things that don't look like what we want. We painted the picture that the white collar, that type of thing is what you aspire to be. But everybody can't be that. Everybody doesn't want to be that. People, some people are artists. Some people are creatives. People like to work with their hands. People like to do different things. Yeah. And we've tied it all to white collar work that comes after you get a bachelor's, a master's or higher. Um, and that's the only route to success or the best route to success. When there are people who are making far more money 
and are living happier lives and having a, more, a lot more freedom doing other roles that might not require a college degree. And it's just as valid, 100%. I'd love to go a little bit deeper into that. In Dump Your Degree, you dismantle the stigmas around college degrees as we've been chatting about, and then you help them unlearn, these students unlearn the outdated ideologies that they've obviously been taught in college and quite frankly, the whole life. So what are those outdated ideologies specific mm -hmm. to students identify these? Just like we were just talking about that, it's a degree that qualifies you for success. It's okay. not, it can be right. If you want to go to medical school, you want to go to law school, you need degrees. There are certain um, certificate or credentials that only come with obtaining a degree, right? And those are very specific fields or industries to go into. But for a large group of people who go and get liberal arts degree, interdisciplinary studies or humanities and those types of things, a lot of those, the things that they're learning in higher education can be learned on YouTube at the mm -hmm. library. I'm just going to be honest. Of course, there are some benefits to college where you are able to get one-on-one -on -one attention with the professor as far as if, oh, I can go into office hours to learn more about a subject or have discourse with my peers on a topic and which expands your knowledge. Sure, those things might be a benefit. I don't think you should pay $30,000, $50,000 for those benefits. <laughs> I think th those benefits are very over, but there are benefits to college, but there are particularly certain fields that should require a degree. Like I want my doctor to have a medical degree, oh. but outside of that, you have people who are paying a significant amount of money for degrees that are not giving them the best return on their investment. So that's an outdated idea that I want people to understand because most people just hear, go get a degree. Okay. If I go and get a degree in whatever, and then I'm come out making less than someone who works in a blue collar work or fast food industry, what was the benefit of it? As a matter of fact, now I'm in debt because I did it. So if you don't work the opportunity right, meaning if you don't go to college, if you're going to college, you need to think of it in a more strategic way. It's not just, I'm going to go get a degree and then I'm going to apply for a job and someone's going to hire me. That's outdated. <laughs> That's just not going to work. That worked for my parents, maybe Gen Z's grandparents or what mm -hmm. have you. But now it's more than that. Of course, it's who, so your connections, connecting to alumni, reaching out to people on social media, tapping into your peer network and seeing who their parents, uncles, aunts, cousins, whoever are, who might work for some company that can get you an internship or get your foot in the door. Like it's a whole strategy that needs to happen. And it, it's not just long gone are the days of just applying for a job and hoping to get hired. Oh, wow. Very few and far between people get hired that way. It literally is about having the connections, also branding and marketing yourself in a way where people come to you, putting yourself out there so that you're even shaping yourself in a way to even be an expert. Even I don't care if you're still in college or recently graduating, graduated, you can still present yourself with a certain level of knowledge that people will see the value in you and hiring you and looking for you. So there are just so many layers to the strategy that needs to take place to get a well-paying job and to have a career that is meaningful. I'm really glad, honestly, that the ways are changing like that, but mm. yeah, it's like, it is very, it's just, it's just short of promising that mm -hmm. if you go to college, you will have a job that you'll be able to pay off your loans quickly. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to buy a house in <laughs> honestly, whatever city you want, because they don't really talk about the housing price differences that mm -hmm. young home economics really only covered cooking. Was it really? Did they teach that? <laughs> I, they did when I was in high school. Oh, okay. I graduated in 2006. Okay. So that's, it's a long time ago. Yeah. But and like balancing a checkbook, obviously mm -hmm. no kids know how to do that now, but I know how to do it. It's like mm -hmm. worthless. Do I right. know how to do my taxes? No. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I do them. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's hard. Oh, sorry. It's the garbage that's truck. Okay. It's his arch nemesis. <laughs> okay. You're okay. You did obviously mention 
it depends on what you want to do in terms of what you go to college for. You mm -hmm. wanted to be a professor. So you have the advanced academic career doctorate title. Mm -hmm. You're successful in it and you're successful in your branding of yourself. You're successful in your business. I, it's, it might be an obvious question, but do you credit your education to your success? Every experience that I've had, I, it shaped who I am. And I see it as beneficial, but do I think that I would do things differently? Definitely. While I love teaching and that's the thing. So to teach at a certain level in a university, you need typically a PhD mm -hmm. at minimum a master's. But mm, for the most part, if you're looking to get full-time tenured work, you have to have a doctorate degree. So in that sense, sure. But I've, like I said, I'm no longer in higher education. I could go back at any time, but there are other aspects of my life, which I enjoy more. And so I'm a, I like to liken myself to a creative person. So I enjoy being creative. I enjoy writing. I don't need a doctorate to write. You know what I'm saying? I don't need a doctorate to certain things to write about. So in that sense, and to be honest, I think that in many ways, having the amount of degrees that I have kept, held me back in some regards where it caused me, as I mentioned in the book, to have tunnel vision where I couldn't see opportunities because I was so focused on it has to be this. And mm -hmm. I see that a lot of people do that. Whereas I see people who don't have all of these hangups about the letters behind their name that are able to be free, be creative, create opportunities quicker, make money, <laughs> a substantial <laughs> amount of money, because they're like, I'm just going to go get it and do, you know, whereas someone else is, oh, I have to follow this pattern that this system created that says I have to do it this way. So again, I appreciate everything, all of my experiences. It gave me insight that benefited me and also allows me to help others because when I came out with the book before it was released and I was marketing it, putting on my social media and stuff and I get comments, but like, how are you going to name a book dump your degree? Don't you have a doctorate? And I'm yeah. like, who else? <laughs> right. That's well, what I thought. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be able to tell you better than me? Yeah. Like I have four, I have, I've taught at state universities. I've taught at vocational schools. I've taught, like I've taught at private uni universities. And I've had the experience, not only as the student, but as the teacher. And I'm telling you this, not, I don't want you to just throw your degree in the trash if you don't want to. I'm not telling all people, don't mm -hmm. just drop out tomorrow or don't go, but just to be wise about your decisions. Because unfortunately, so many people have done a disservice by not giving us the real cost of education. They're just telling us to go get the degrees. And then you get out and you're like, what do I do now? And then asking somebody that's 18 years old to decide on something they're going to do for the rest of their life is that's a mess to me. Like, it's I don't insane. think it is. So it's just, oh yeah, you got to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And there are some people who are like that. I recently was listening to an interview of an actor who said that he was from like this really small country town, I think in North Carolina. And he didn't know the world at all. Like he didn't know basic concepts and he just thought that he got his first job and he quit it. He had a hundred and something bucks in his pocket and took a bus to LA thinking, oh yeah, now I'm going to be a famous movie star. But because he knew, he said he knew since he was three, I think just having that passion and that vision in his mind, it, it drove him to be what he wanted to be. So he knew he was going to be an actor since he was a child, but that's so rare. And that's an amazing thing if, and you just feel so impassioned about something. But then it's also great if you don't know and you're trying multiple things until you find the things that you enjoy doing. And that doesn't always, most of the time, doesn't come with being an 18, 19 year old in college. Mm -hmm. I don't forgot what we were talking about, but I went off on the tangent. <laughs> but basically, yeah, that's my bottom line as far as why I named my book that and, as, and your, to answer your question about do I think that that, you know, helped me or benefited me in some ways? Yes, in some ways, not so much. And to to that point, if you decide what you want to do a couple years out of graduating college, amazing. If you also want to mm -hmm. pivot and do something completely different, which I'm pretty sure you cover in your book too, five, 10 years after that, awesome. 
go mm-hmm. do it. Just get yep. the skills that you need at that time, which as we've been talking about are plentiful and you don't need to pay a lot of money for it a lot of time. Get out and do it. Chase it. In terms of, so you go to college, a lot of kids, a lot of kids, that is what their parents ideally have them do out of high school and recruiters, college recruiters, your guidance counselor in high school, it's pushed on you. In my family, it was either you go to college or you join the military in some branch. So that's was, what my mom's options were. She oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like I did ponder it. Mm. My, my stepfather and my biological father were both in the Navy. And I was like, I, that's not too bad. And then if I get out, they'll pay for college or when I get out. But I definitely didn't chose that. Obviously I chose mm. just to go to college and it took me years and years to get through it because of many economic reasons. Mm. Do you find that it's more or less advantageous to go the military route? I I don't speak on that because I don't know enough about, right. of course, I know the general, the recruiters, and they have the benefits of paying for college. Some people have found benefits in it. I don't personally know anyone. I'm thinking, I don't mm-hmm. know anyone who's used it. Like I have military family. Yep. I want to say maybe a cousin. I know he was in the Navy, but I'm not sure if I'm quite sure maybe he did. I know he went to college first, then went to the Navy. And I oh, guess he finished. Yeah, I don't know if he used the Navy benefits or what have you. That was his strategy. So that's something that I'm not really familiar with as far as I, I can't speak to the benefits of that. That makes, mm-hmm. yeah. To do a little extra research on that now, a days right. especially, because that's really curious. And oftentimes, like in, in my father and stepfather's situation, they just taught them the skills. And then they right. just write, they went right into the workforce with the skills that they learned. Yeah. And you do see that. And what's interesting, since the bill was signed about the student loan repayment, I saw some tweet, but I don't know who it was, that was complaining that with this loan forgiveness, that it strips away... <laughs> The, one of the military's main recruiting, uh, I guess, factors. And people were saying to him, like, don't you see the problem with that? You're asking people to sign their time, their life away. And that's the factor to get them in is to, oh, we'll pay for your school. Of course, people see the benefit in it. But some people are saying that's that should not be the benefit, right? We should have free or low cost education that people don't Mm -hmm. feel the need to join the military to do that. I've been interviewed by other people from like Canada, the UK, France, where education is either significantly lower or free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, what's up with you Americans? Why can't, what's the issue with why? Girl, I wish I knew. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And so that's interesting. That would be interesting to look at how their militaries recruit, right? Of course, America and the military is a whole different ballgame. You can't compare Americans yeah. to the rest of the world when it comes to military. But I'm just wondering like, why it's such a factor for our military to use that as a tool for recruitment. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then you do have, I don't know, Vietnam War and everything that enlisted the draft. So you didn't have a choice. But I briefly dated a man who was from Israel. And mm-hmm. before he moved to the States, he had to serve in the yes. Israeli army. That's and a requirement. For yeah. Them. And I wonder how many places also do that. But so interesting. I'll have to do taking on this military thing now that the, it's like opened a can of worms and I'm right. like what are the advantages now and you can always go to the enjoy in the military like the Peace Corps or whatever mm-hmm. you want later on in mm-hmm. life also another avenue but before I go further down that rabbit <laughs> hole I'm gonna I'll go back to what we are really here for the transferable skills you did mention there are like the soft skills, the hard skills. If you had mm-hmm. to pinpoint maybe even two or three transferable mm-hmm. skills that typically are advantageous for people that are trying to transition outside of whatever career path they chose. Do you yeah. have Yeah. So it really depends on the field, but communication is key. I forgot, I think it was 51% of HR professionals who were surveyed. This was a recent survey done and they said that the majority of HR professionals felt that college graduates did not have the skills necessary for the role they were in. That colleges teach the information related to the degree, but not the skills. So 
things that we might say, oh, that's just everybody has communication skills. No, everybody does not know how to communicate mm-hmm. properly. Interpersonal skills with working with others, understanding how to work in as far as a team, but also like tangible skills like writing skills. As a professor, even though I'm not an English professor or what have you, I will say, (laughs) and I feel old when I say this, but I'm like, this new generation, I'm like, I don't know if it's the texting or what, but the written skill, the writing skills, (laughs) it's not, I don't want to generalize, but Mm -hmm. I definitely can see a difference. And maybe we're shifting, I don't know, as a coach, I don't know, whatever, but The written skills are essential as far as being able to convey messages and communicate. I would say those are probably the top three. Yeah, communication, interpersonal, and the writing skills would be probably the top. I think it back, yeah, to even being in a career, all of those three are something I value greatly in other people. (laughs) Communication and writing, I think, being Mm -hmm. very high. Communication, probably number one for me. So I definitely can see that. It's very important to communicate concisely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thoroughly and then writing in academia is a huge thing so right. and then writing right. to convey your point really in any I can't see it not being valuable so those are really right. three really good ones if then if people don't find their purpose in academia how can they stay inspired so we spend all this money we spend all this time And maybe it's right out of school and they're like, oh man, actually, maybe I don't want to do this or I want to switch. They're having difficulty even motivating themselves. Do you have any pointers for people stuck in that rut? Always to continue to learn and work on their own personal development as well as the professional development. So you might not know exactly what you want to do, but I wouldn't recommend just like wasting time doing nothing, whether it's reading, whether it's watching videos, YouTube that are, is teaching you something. And it doesn't have to be, like I said, professional, it could be personal Mm -hmm. development so that you continue to grow in who you are so that you get a better understanding of what it is that you're passionate about or the types of work that you could potentially be good at doing. I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I tell people all the time that I will lend you money, but I won't lend you my books because I'm serious (laughs) about them. I wish I actually had more time to read more. I feel bad when I'm not reading. But second to that, like I said, is I love just learning. I'll just sit and watch documentaries or videos. And I know that might just sound like maybe frivolous. What is that? This is mundane like stuff to do, but it's not because you never know what'll inspire you. Maybe someone else's experience, like interestingly enough, like I've been working on like creating different content related to different topics. And I will go down rabbit holes or some, maybe the algorithm will will show me something. I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of that. Here's this person having an experience that is in alignment with the things that I enjoy. Let me try that out. So just having experiences is key. If you have a degree and you don't know what you want to do, I'm also big on traveling the world. Uh Uh, You have the ability as an American to teach English abroad, no matter what your degree background is in. So doing that, even though you might not want to be a teacher, I would hope that you at least enjoy like communicating with other people. I don't want you to like feel bad, like not wanting to go to work and you're teaching a bunch of kids and it shows. But if you could enjoy communicating with other people, no matter your background, there are many countries that are looking for native English speakers to teach and they will pay for housing. They give you a salary. Some of them are volunteer. If you want to do the volunteer thing, that's cool. I would prefer people get paid. That's a, that's an experience that can open you up to your own personal development, self-awareness, but also to learn more about others And you never know what might click in those experiences. So just experiencing life and continuing to grow and learn could open the door for opportunities for you professionally. Right. There, that that last bit is such good advice. And I don't know if it's broadly a misconception, but at least for me, 
Mm-hmm. I thought that you had to also be at least semi-fluent, if not fluent in the language of the country that you're teaching English in, their primary language. And that's not true. No. You don't have to be, which is awesome and even more mm-hmm. accessible for people. So yeah, the teaching English in another country would be such an amazing yes. experience. Have you done mm-hmm. that? I attempted to, every time I started applying to the UAE, this was before I was married and had kids, the UAE and Saudi Arabia, and I did apply for Korea. I interviewed, but I don't know what happened in those times in my life where I just didn't go, but I did end up teaching, but from America. So this was Mm -hmm. online. So I did teach South Korea students, both adults and children. And I don't think I did another country. I can't remember, but I like literally apply for so many jobs. I know the ins and outs. And I had a few friends that also did it as well. Wonderful. I only have one friend that did it. He absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it in Korea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big spot for a lot of Americans. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. didn't want to leave. So in terms of your journey, seems like you are very open to always writing your story. Your dream was to become a professor. You did it. That's amazing. What else is on the list? Yeah, I just, now I would like to completely be a full-time creator and author. And that's what I'm working on now. I'm working also on, because I love teaching about world religions and from the perspective of just, how do I put it? Understanding people's cultures through their belief system. Because I just love people from wherever. I'm intrigued by culture. And so that's a goal to now teach similarly as I did in the classroom, but online, like on YouTube, creating content around the things that I've learned, particularly as it relates to new thought and ancient thought and just writing a lot of personal development. And then my personal goal is to become a polyglot, to learn multiple languages and like immerse myself in those cultures. But we'll see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) How many languages do you know? Zero. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so interestingly, English. Like English. I, my stepfather is Jamaican. So I grew up hearing and communicating in Patois. I don't speak it well. Like I can, ha- you, you can have a whole conversation with me. I lived in Nigeria for some time and picked up pigeon. And then my Yoruba is not that great at all, but my husband is Yoruba. And so I'll listen to him communicate and I'm like, I'm picking it up, learning. I told him one day I'm just going to bust out and be fluent. And one day he won't ever know it, (laughs) but I'll pick up small conversations in that. So that's my goal is to learn Yoruba uh, uh, fluently. And then I have a whole list literally right in front of me right now of 10 languages. So (laughs) after I become a polyglot, my goal is to become a hyper polyglot um, with 10 or more languages, but we shall see how that I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm oh, really- he wrote it down. It's like part yeah. of manifesting. Exactly. So. It's literally in my face right now. There you go. <laughs> do you learn languages quickly? Do you think? I think if I sat down and figured it out, like when I was working and living in New York, I worked for an international nonprofit that had a lot of Spanish speakers there. So I used it in Spanish in my work. And for some reason that has been, oh goodness, 15 years ago. Because I haven't used it as frequently, I feel like I've just lost it. If I hear someone, I can, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it'll come back to me. But because I'm not conversing with anyone in that language, I feel like I'm losing it. So my goal now, I'm talking, I'm trying to butter my husband up for us to go spend some time in Costa Rica for a while and immerse in the language. (laughs) I think that he should do that. Yes, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell him I said so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so you touched on this, the student loans just a little mm-hmm. bit. And I, I know I like proposed this question to you. And then like, I thought about it for a little bit. I was like, it has nothing to do with really what she's coming on here to talk about. So you don't want to talk about the student loan stuff. I get it, but you are immersed in academia. And I, I know that a lot of people have student loan debt. Obviously we are front and center right now with how many people actually do, how, how much people are drowning in it. If you understand it, and if you are willing to give like a TLDR on what this actually <laughs> means for those that still hold debt. It's, it, you're talking about what Biden just did. Yeah. The 10. The yeah. It's just simple. simple. It's paying $10,000 off of your debt. So if you owe 10,000, great. <laughs> but if you owe more than that, you still have a balance. 
If you got a Pell Grant, which is typically a grant that people get in undergrad, I don't think they have Pell Grants for grad school. I'm not familiar with Mm -hmm. that. But if you were, if you did receive a Pell Grant in undergrad, then you would receive a $20,000 repayment. So that's pretty much it. If that wipes off your balance, then great for you. But most Americans owe way more than $10,000 and $20,000 in student loan debt. But it's also, I think it's good for those, because I know people who went to school, took out student loans, did not finish a degree. Many people did not finish a degree and they still have to pay student loans. So if they did not finish, I think this is excellent for them. And it's great for people who will see some relief, but I would hope that it would have been more. Yeah, maybe it will be once <laughs> this <laughs> starts to roll out and people, they, they actually like maybe determine how many people are actually applying because I know you have to apply or at least fill out a form so it's not mm-hmm. automatic. But yeah, mm-hmm. curious on what's to come on that. I was just right. stoked on it because that's like kind of ballpark still what I owe. So I was okay. like, oh well, my God. Good. Yeah. That's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, so I took a long time to graduate college and I never, I was wondering if I ever would, but I mm-hmm. finished the last class of my degree three mm-hmm. years ago. Just okay. So I've been paying on my student loans for over 10 years. Wow. Like I feel yeah. like, yeah, it's like a, Oh, I don't know. Can't mm-hmm. get all that back, but at least a little bit of help is nice. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. I think this is as good a time as any for a little bit of vulnerability, if I do say so myself. So it is very true. I took a long time to graduate college. I didn't talk about not having graduated when I didn't because I was ashamed, for lack of a better word that it said something about my intelligence, my perseverance through economic hardship. Tons of people still will graduate when they're having a hard time financially, when they're having a hard time with housing security, all of these things that I struggled with when I was growing up and throughout after and during high school, college. So, It was a long time to graduate and obviously I won't get into the very nitty gritty details because I had to also work full time when I was going to college, which a lot of people do, but I also moved around a lot, chasing a boy, and I ended up in Washington and life just took off without my degree and even though I got into the tech industry, I still felt like I should probably have a degree and just like the piece of paper to prove to myself I could do it to not feel ashamed anymore. And so I took the last class at UW, University of Washington here in Seattle and applied for my degree. Gosh, I don't even know. It would have been Probably, let's see, I graduated high school 2006. So I probably should have graduated college in 2010, 2011. And I actually graduated college in 2019, I think it was, which is wild, absolutely wild. But I say all of this to really drive home that your lack of a degree or the time that it took you to finish your degree says nothing about your intelligence. It says nothing about how hard you work or your perseverance. It speaks to how fucking difficult it is sometimes to just do life and all of the things that are expected of us traditionally in our society just needed to say that college also is not for everybody if i could go back and do it all over again i would study something differently probably probably would go to college might just go to a boot camp of sorts or something if it was around this time and those existed but just please do not feel like you are inadequate in any way if you are struggling 
or if you did struggle to get your degree. I now know through lots of self-reflection, really amazing friends that celebrated everything that I accomplished and therapy that it has nothing to do with your self-worth. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to it. So what book is on your bedside table? I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at several, a stack of my own books, first of all, but if I'm looking to my left, Transurfing, which is, I read a lot of books on new thought, I guess maybe it would fall under law of attraction type things, but so I have Transurfing and what else is this? The Magic of Believing, which was next on my list, but I have, yeah, those. And then what is the other one? Oh, You Are the Placebo and the the Biology of Belief. Oh, I love that title. Yes. Which one? The placebo. placebo, Yeah. Yeah. You are the placebo. Yeah. That's Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Have you read his, her books before? No, I've just listened to his lectures all the time. And so I decided to pick up this book. I love it. Well, I'm really intrigued by the title. I'll also have to grab that. Yeah. It's one of those mind science, mental science about the power of our minds and the ability to heal ourselves. Oh, wow. The, let's see, I believe that was, yeah, that's all the stuff that I wanted to just take out of your brain with a little bit of a, like the side pieces there in terms of where is next for you and everything. So where can Mm -hmm. people find you? Yes, I'm on social media, on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Zakia Acarele. And then my website is zakiaacarele.com. Great. I will make sure to list those in the show notes. And I guess if you have any other, it's been very inspirational, but if you have any other words of advice for these folks that are transitioning in their career, wanting to get into something that does give them more financial freedom, Mm -hmm. there any other words of advice you wanted to add? Yeah, the advice I would have, I talk a lot about getting a degree in something that will give you the best return on your investment, which is not to get degrees that you might enjoy the subject, or you might not, you might be indifferent about it, but you're like, oh, I'm just going to get a degree to say I have a degree. I would not really recommend that in general with like general advice, because mm-hmm. then especially if you have to take out student loans to, to do it, because then you're paying for something that really doesn't give you much value in the end. But that being said, I would recommend that even no matter what you major in. So if you do decide to get a degree in something that's considered a soft degree that might not be in high demand, focus on the skills you have, the assets, the talents you have, Do have a strategy, think about who that could help you create opportunities because there may be roles that you might not think you directly qualify for, but it's not about necessarily, they might say, oh, a degree in X, Y, and Z, but you're like, I can do all of the stuff you mentioned. I just don't have a degree in that. Don't let that stop you because there are ways to present the value that you have and reaching out to recruiters, reaching out to people who work at those companies or whatever those are ways in the door. Don't just say I've applied and I didn't hear back. It Life sucks. And that's the end of the conversation. Don't do that. But also all of that being said, follow your passion, do work that you enjoy. I really don't like that people just work to work to survive. And I understand that might have to be some, that's a necessity at a particular space or time in your life, but don't let that be your entire life. Do work that you enjoy that you find pleasure in that you're passionate about and don't make life all about the work that you do so that would be my pretty much my ultimate advice I love that and you are probably the third or fourth person to say that the Mm. days of just applying for a job and I'm done that's it (laughs) that's over it doesn't work (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. That's just, it's fascinating. In terms of hard skill jobs, I know that we didn't really get into that, but 
the even data science paths, very mm -hmm. high paying career paths that you mm -hmm. can get into. You don't even have to have a four-year degree for that. There are boot oh, camps no. out there that will, there's companies that will take you on as mm -hmm. with the deal that you were an intern for a little while mm -hmm. after boot camp or something like that. And it's totally possible, even yep. if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Yep. 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 It's not the end of the world. Dr. Zaki, I thank you so much for being here. I appreciate thank your you. time so very much, especially all the way on the East Coast. Yes, thank you so much for having me <laughs> and I enjoyed the conversation. All right, my friends, what did we learn? College isn't for everyone. Yes, aced, ace the test. College is not for everyone. College is for a lot of people. College is necessary if you want to do some things. College is not the end-all be-all. Not everybody has to do it to have very successful, fulfilling lives. I hope that you are so inspired by this conversation. Zakia was absolutely incredible. She is a wealth of knowledge. I hope that you go and follow her and read her book. All of the socials and the book are linked in the show notes. All of where to find me is also in the show notes. Please email me ynqpod, yn as in Nancy, qpod, if you would like to have your story about imposter syndrome read on an episode of the You're Not Qualified podcast. If you know of somebody that you think would be a good fit to actually have on the show and interview them, if you would love to be on the show and talk about your experience in depth, please get in touch with me as well. You can find me on Instagram. You can DM me. That'll all be in the show notes. Also, just email me, LinkedIn me. Just get in touch. Carrier pigeon, whatever floats your boat, whatever mode of conversation speaks to you in the moment. Just get in touch with me. I'd love to love to hear from you. So as we were talking about finishing degrees, and I told you that it took me a long time to finish my degree, I was curious what percentage of students actually finish college and get a degree. So for your trivia today, the official four-year graduation rate for students attending public colleges and universities is 33%. That's only a third of everybody that starts. That says a lot about economics. That says a lot about pivoting. That says a lot about people in the middle realizing that college isn't for them people realizing that they might not be able to finish for a personal situation, whatever it may be, it tells me and it reassures me that you are not in the minority if you feel like finishing college is too difficult or too far away from what you want to do anymore. It's, it's totally an option. It's 100% an option. And let's see, at private colleges and universities, the four-year graduation rate is 52.8%, and 65% earn a degree in six years. So as I was saying, it took me years and years. It's really not that uncommon. I'm actually very curious how many other people taken a long time to finish their degree. If you have and you'd love to tell your story, also just email me. I would love to hear about it. When I was going through it, I felt very alone. I did not even tell the person that I was dating. We were together for two years and I think I took months to tell him that I didn't have a degree because I was that scared and that ashamed. And it's just, it doesn't have to be that way, guys. You're not alone. Uh, okay, enough about me. Please go and read all you can about Dr. Zakia and get in touch with me, with her. And I hope that this resonated with you and you enjoyed the podcast. Please leave me a rating if you are listening on a platform that allows you to do that. I would 
love it and tell a friend about this show if you are enjoying your time with me every Thursday. I hope that you have a great weekend and I will see you next week. Bye!